Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper in prayer? Did you know I'm reaching millions of people every month through the power of prayer on social media? You can join me for daily corporate prophetic prayer sessions as I press into what the Lord is saying and release words of knowledge, prophecy, counsel, and teaching. Join online Mornings with the Holy Spirit prayer calls, facebook.com slash Jennifer LeClaire, Periscope at Prophetic Books. These calls are bringing transformation to people in the nations around the world. Mornings with the Holy Spirit, Facebook, Periscope, 6 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, or catch the replay. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. Let's discuss Nephilim, pre-Adamic race, sons of God, and the beasts of the field. I'm here in Jerusalem um, and uh, I'm on that stuff today. Let's discuss this stuff. Um, just finished having a powerful time of prayer, and declaration and decree over the city of Jerusalem. We're here in Jerusalem. We've been here for the last four days. We'll be here until next Wednesday and uh, and then we're out of here. But while we're here, let's let's discuss some of this good stuff. Good biblical stuff, Bible stuff. I'm going to say some stuff today that's going to be real wild. And you're just going to have to be one of those type of Christians that like higher criticism. Um, higher criticism is a school of thought, thinking outside the box. You're, those of you in seminary know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a school of thought called higher criticism. Um, I'm going to deal with plausible theology um, where we look at the scriptures and Things become plausible um, based on various verses, you know. Um, hopefully, we'll get into flat earth today. That'll be a good thing to talk about today. You know, I've really been kind of focusing on that a little bit, like really meditating on that, silently meditating on that. I was a bit more vocal last year about it, but decided to retract some of my statements. And uh, But um, let's discuss this stuff, you know. Um, Nephilim, sons of God demons, beasts of the field, um, and pre-Adamic race, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, let me first start off by saying this. If you want to literally get into uh, scriptures from a scientific point of view and really uh, mind-boggle your thinking with biblical, um, mysterious, scientific um, data, then I would encourage you to read the book of Job. Job chapter 38, 39, and 40. When God begins to talk to Job, man, 
the first chapter where God begins to um, talk to Job, he begins to lay out this stuff in there that is um, so technologically, uh, informationally advanced that I don't even think we've scratched the surface because I haven't heard anybody really dig into scriptures of when God begins to say, well, I hang the I hang the earth from nothing. Where is the cornerstone of the earth? And the, man, he just kind of goes into this, this line of thinking that is like, man, like, wow. You know? Um, so I would encourage you that for your next daily devotion, I actually, you would jump into that and just kind of um, give yourself a premise for when God begins to reveal that stuff. You know, you got to be on next level for God to be able to reveal that stuff because um, if what God says goes against scientific data, discovered data uh, information, um, or if what you discover is authentically true and we've been living a lie, I'm not saying that science is a lie, but if there is particular information that's being withheld, um, I'm here to tell you that becoming a threat with information like this um, is life-threatening. And I mean literal life-threatening. I'm talking about men in black life-threatening. And I don't mean men in black movie. I mean men in black meaning they come in to, to come to kill you for real in real life. And I think that's the reason why God doesn't really reveal so much to the prophets. Haven't you noticed that the prophets um, in this day and age don't prophesy like those in the Bible? Like I'm talking about where Elisha was sharing so much secrets that the king of Assyria thought that he had a snitch in his team and was ready to body his men. And they were like, man, listen, man, there's a prophet, man, in Israel, man. God shows this man. And that's when they went to go rally up, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, and, go, kill the, and go kill the prophet. Remember, that's that whole scenery of, um, Lord, open the eyes of my servant, that he may see that they that be with us be more than be with them. And when the servant opened his eyes, which was Gehazi, he saw the chariots of fire all around Elisha. You know, I authentically think that if you love this life and, you have, and you're a family man and you're a prophet, I promise you, God is not going to reveal to you where how to solve murders. That's just my gut feeling. I know that that makes good preaching. I know that makes great school of the prophets theology. But I'm here to tell you that if God begins to reveal to you where unsolved mysteries and unsolved murder cases get revealed by you, and those murder cases were done by mafia and all in particular organizations. And, and, and it's known that it was you. I'm trusting me. They coming for you. I think that's the reason why, um, God doesn't speak to the prophets, you know, um, you know, I, my, my view concerning the prophetic, and we're going to get, this leads into Nephilim, you know, um, and, and the topic, the topic of choice today, but you know, I've learned to forgive the prophets. I'm talking about fivefold prophets, you know, for many years, well, not many years, maybe for, maybe for about like a year and a half, maybe two years, I, you know, I, I became frustrated with the prophets. I was like, man, can't these prophets really give me a real word where they're literally reading my mail and not 
guess a guess a I guess that's the word I should call it with a guessing prophesy guess aside you know and just putting some you know cliche statements together and that are potentially true maybe you know and shift in new season and amen amen Uh, to me that doesn't sound like prophesying that that don't sound like foretelling it sounds like forth telling which means speaking on the behalf of god so you know i became very disillusioned you know not too long ago maybe about like two years ago i was like you know i don't want to hear from nobody man because this stuff is just a bunch of foretelling you know you're speaking on the behalf of god and amen and it was god speaking but i need some foretelling i need somebody to really say you know man of god last night you were thinking about a particular move you need to make. Baby, that's too vague for me, man. That's too vague. I need you to say, last night at 10 o'clock, you know, you was in an 11th floor in a hotel room in Jerusalem, and you said this while you were pacing back and forth in the room, and God heard, I'm talking about like that level of the prophetic. You know, like where I'm like, okay, you know, and then begin to say X, Y, and Z concerning the future. You know, um, that's why I don't receive a lot of prophecy in my life. Because, you know, there's nothing much more that you could give me that I haven't really kind of attained. The Lord's going to give you nations. Did that. Got that. God's going to give you influence. Oh, got that. You know, God's going to give you fresh insight into a season of fresh revelation. Man, I'm a walking vault of fresh revelation. You know, God says, I'm going to bless you with finances. Uh, I'm pretty well off. You know, God's going to give you a new house. I got a new house. You know, give you a new car. Bought a new car two years ago. You know, like what more, what more, you know, can you, can you give me about the future? Not just the past. Because if I needed details in the past, all I got to do is just go to Africa and have them be like, I'm seeing in the realm of the spirit. In the spirit of the God is saying, you know, like, amen, 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 amen. I need some forensic future stuff where I could be like, okay, like, okay, I got a word for the next 10 years. Oh, this is going to be good. And just watch God just unfold that thing. So initially, going back to my statement is, I don't think that, you know, American prophets or just what we would consider the prophetic um, can go that deep where government officials begin to call on them for help. Cause I think you, you can't be a real prophet at that capacity and live the American dream. I just, I, I just think that you become a real threat. You know, I think you become a very real threat. I'm talking about where government officials are coming to. I'm not talking about rebuking the church stuff. Man, I could do that in the flesh. I could do that with just zeal. I could just be like, man, y'all a bunch of Jezebels and just go into a great bu- preaching on Jezebels. And I'm sure there's a Jezebel, bunch of Jezebels in the building. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about where prophets say NASA's lying to us and that the Smithsonian Institute is covering up the Nephilim, that there is information hidden in a warehouse with the bones of Nephilimic giants that they're suppressing, they're suppressive knowledge. Uh, and God is saying, 
and, and you know, I'm talking about going beyond Freemasons. I'm talking about going into like the Council of Thirteen and you know the Brotherhood of the Snake and you know next level beyond Illuminati stuff. Illuminati, that's baby stuff, man. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, that Illuminati Freemasonry. How can Freemasonry be so secret if everyone is talking about Freemasonry? And there's so many documentaries. Freemasonry is not even no longer f- secret anymore. You see what I'm saying? Like it's what's it's what God is not revealing the prophets like i want to know what the rothschild family are doing when no one's looking you know i i want to know what the catholic church has under the vatican books of is the vatican holding on to various books of the bible that they took out you know and a prophet will come and say downstairs in vault 632 there's a book in the bible that has been suppressed by the council of nicaea uh, and, and, you know, X, Y, Z, and just kind of jump into that thing. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, it just kind of, you know, just really, really get it in, you know, and really break down revelatory ins- uh, revelation based on scriptures that have been watching us in the face, uh, staring us in the face, like the topic of the Nephilim, where it says the sons of God slept with the daughters of men and they produce a race of giants, you know, where, you know, and and, and it's debatable, not on my end. My mind is made up. Giants are real hybrid demigods. My mind is made up on that. I, I believe the text. I believe real angels came down and slept with the daughters of men and they or rather a particular group of angels outside of the one third that fell. Y'all not ready for that. Y'all not ready for this, man. The watchers, and they came down and made a covenant with themselves and then landed on Mount Hermon, you know, and then, um, which Mount Hermon means portal. You know, the word Hermon uh, means portal. Now, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother revelation there you know and then you know literally manipulated the the human genome and found a way to reproduce themselves without maybe necessarily having sex because the immaculate conception already is giving us an indication that a woman does not need to have sexual intercourse to become pregnant because Mary uh, became pregnant being a virgin so that blows away the whole that no you know an, you know angels necessarily do not have to necess- spirit doesn't necessarily have to have sexual intercourse to be able to you know what I'm saying you know uh to be able to you know re reproduce but here's what I've been looking at lately that I found very interesting that I'm like, I think we, I think there's there's more to the story about the flood and here, and I want to dialogue with you and get your thoughts on this. You know, um, you know, um, the Bible says in Genesis chapter six, that when God, uh, began, um, a courtroom session in which he began to decree that he was going to destroy the earth. He gave his reason. And he said this, this this is what's crazy. He said, uh, for all flesh, all flesh corrupted itself, right? Now watch this. 
He didn't say all humans corrupted itself. He said all flesh. And then he said this, all flesh upon the face of the earth corrupted themselves. Now, watch this. Okay? If you read further down in the chapter, it literally says this. You could go read this. And I encourage you to go read it. It says, it says, God, you could go read this. I'm going to say something. You're going to be like, what? You could go read it. King J and read it in King James Bible. You know, it says, God, for I am angry with the man that I have created. You, look at what it says right after this. And the beasts of the field. Okay, I can understand the man part. Why would God be angry with the animals? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because you would have to go back to Genesis chapter 3 to kind of uh, look into that. Because it goes into... Uh, the dialogue between the serpent and the woman. Now, before it got into that the serpent was the devil, the verse before that states the serpent was more uh, uh, begu beguiling and deceiving than any other animal that the Lord God has made. Wait a second. Why would add? Wait, wait, wait. Let's let's analyze that. Let's analyze. Let's look at what that says. Look what it says. It says that the serpent gave its body to the serpent spirit. It says the serpent flesh gave its body to the serpent spirit or Satan. Oh, wait a second. So that means the serpent chose to give its body. It wasn't, this is what I'm saying, you got to read it. It chose to give its body over, over to the devil. Okay, okay. Why doesn't the text say Satan entered a snake? Because if it was like that, Mark chapter 5 says, and the devil, the demons, entered the pigs. It just says the demon entered the pigs. No, the text says the serpent was the most deceiving of all the animals that the Lord God had created and gave himself over. Wait a second. Wait a second. This can't be Satan giving itself to Satan. You know, I, I, know, I know you're just trying to be really faithful to the text. Because you shook to think outside the box because they taught you proper exegesis. No one is talking about getting into a spirit of error, you know, uh, but it's there, you know, it's, it's, it's there. It doesn't say, and Satan entered the snake. No. Okay, watch this. Why would God judge an animal by removing its legs unless it was willful? Oh, don't play with me. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. Don't play with don't play with Pagani. Uh-uh. Don't play with me. Because why did why 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 didn't God judge the pigs for giving themselves over to the demons? Oh no, because in that text, the demons entered the pigs. But when it came to the serpent, the serpent gave 
the devil permission to use his body. Oh, don't play with me. Don't play with me. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on, take the veil off of the religiosity they done taught us. You know, I, I know... I know it's hard to think about topics like this because we tend to connect them with fairy tale and television and, and all this stuff. And I know it's, we get fearful to think outside the box because we want to be part of the biblical Bible belt. And, you know, nobody wants to be the oddball talking about you got a spirit of error on you, my brother and my sister. I get it. Why we just are conformist. But why would God judge a snake and then judge a serpent? Why would God judge the serpent and then judge a serpent? Because he judged the serpent twice. He said, because you gave yourself to the devil, you're going to crawl on the floor. Bang. He judged the flesh one. Oh, what's the issue? If the animal had no understanding of what was going on, there would be no need for judgments because the animals don't need judgment. Then animals do not need judgment. Come on, y'all. Come on, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, guys. Like, why would God judge a snake if a snake had no choice but to let the devil come in and then judge the snake because he let the devil come in oh come on then that means watch this whichever way you look at this my friend what i'm saying is true let's say let's say okay uh, you know the, the satan entered satan entered the pigs yeah, the demons can enter animals and, let, and let's just say we just go with that philosophy then why would god judge the pigs for allowing the devil to come in. That means uh, uh, the serpent, that means the snake had the ability to tell the devil no. And because he chose to tell the devil no, God judged him for letting him get in without resistance. Whichever way you look at this, why would God judge the snake? It's either the snake didn't stop the devil by coming in, saying no, not letting you in, or the devil, the snake let the devil in on purpose. And said, I give you my body. Whichever way you look at that, God was angry with the beasts of the field. He said, I'm going to destroy even the beasts of the field. I'm angry with them as well. He said, I'm going to wipe out all flesh. I'm going to wipe, wipe it out. Wipe it out. You know? Now watch this. Watch this. Here's what I'm going to rock your noodle. Because this lets me know that there's something going on in the animal kingdom that maybe, maybe we're just not privy to. Okay, watch this. Okay, God destroyed every creature upon the face of the earth, but God did not destroy every creature. Mm, wait a second. Leviathan survived the flood because Leviathan is a water creature. The fish survived the flood. You know, every water-breathing uh, um, fish survived it. So God didn't destroy. Did you catch it? God didn't destroy do you see how God was specific in destroying? Do you see how God is specific in saying, you know what? If it was like that, if I was going to destroy everything, I might as well destroy Leviathan and every sea creature, every whale, every fish. You know, no, he said, I'm going after these particular ones. Over these ones over here, I'm going to destroy them. Do you, do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, let's go further. Let's go further into this. Watch this. Why would Eve, now we know it was a, a serpent slash, let's just say snake. Let's say snake, right? Okay. Now watch this. Eve was not talking to the devil. Uh, Eve was talking to a serpent that had a devil, that had Satan. 
Eve was talking to a serpent that had the serpent. So when Eve was talking uh, to the devil, she was looking at a real snake that had legs for some reason. All right. She was looking at a physical thing. But what was talking through it was a spiritual thing. Do you see what I'm saying? You know how I know that there's something in that? Because Eve was talking to a snake without fear of animals talking. So this lets me know animals talked. This is what I'm saying. I have a dog. If my dog ever talked to me, I'm, I'm throwing my dog out. Period. There's no way around that one. I'm taking it to the whatever. ASPCA. And I'm dropping it off, and I'm going to make up a lie and say, man, I have a baby, whatever. I can't take the dog. I'm gone. Dialoguing with a snake. And the snake is conversing, and they're talking, and she hasn't even said in her mind, oh, my God, a snake is talking. She kept talking to the snake. Balaam is talking to a donkey and didn't run for his life. Had my donkey spoke, I'm out of there. Did you catch it? He's having a dialogue with his donkey. The, the donkey is talking. The Bible says in Second Peter that the donkey talked with a man's voice. The, the text says that the donkey talked with a man's voice. He didn't talk donkey talk. You know, he talked with a man's voice. Now, okay. So then you get another group of believers that try to make sense of that. And then they say mental telepathy. That's not what we're talking about here. Don't try to find a way to leave it as it is in the text. The man was talking to a donkey and the donkey, Peter says, was talking with the man's voice. Wait a second. Man's voice. That's not just looking at a donkey and there's a mental conversation going on. We need to stop that stuff. That's making stuff up. That's error. That is error right there. That is us trying to put, trying to make, figure this thing out. And No. Balaam is talking to his donkey and his donkey is literally looking at him and talking back, right? You know, don't get into this other stuff of, you know, there was mental telepathy. That's new age foolishness, man. And you don't even have scriptures to validate that. You make, you making that up. You making that up. You know, that, that's that Pentecostal stuff that we do. You know what I'm talking about? We just, we read stuff. We don't know what the meaning is. And we just kind of just make it up. We were like, yeah, you know, well, it couldn't be that a man was talking to a donkey. So he was talking. That's mental telepathy stuff. And then we get it. And then we start mixing in Egyptology into this Christian stuff. And actually, you know, yeah, because back in the days, the gods of the earth used to mental telepathy and build and lift up boulders with our minds. Stop that foolishness, man. No men was lifting up boulders with their mind. They had technology back then. Uh, they, had, they had demonic technology back then, and they were lifting up boulders using magnetic stuff. You know, like, you know, they wasn't lifting up boulders with their mind. Stop that black liberation theology stuff to make ourselves bigger than what we are. Stop that. Don't do that. And I'm all for black liberation theology because I'm Afro-Latino. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, but we need to stop that. You know, the, the gods of the earth was lifting up boulders, building the pyramids with their minds, carrying it. In. Stop that dumb stuff. That's dumb. That's just that black man stuff that make us feel good because we're in a white man's world. Like, stop that. The Egyptians built the pyramids with demonic technology, period. You know what I'm saying? We need to stop that stuff. You know, it just kind of feels good to say it, but we need to stop that stuff.
you know, you know, we need to, for real, man, we need to stop that stuff. You know, lifted up boulders. So, so God says, watch this. Now watch this. I'm going to, I'm going to go further than this. God says, I'm going to destroy. I'm angry with the animals. I'm angry with the animals. Now watch this. I'm going to show you something and you're going to get even more mad. The book of Joel. Y'all not ready for this. Y'all not ready for this. Listen, the book of Joel says, let the ministers weep. Let the assembly come together and consecrate unto me a fast. And then the verse goes on saying, Joel chapter 2, the beginning of the chapter, not the ending of the chapter. He says, and let the ministers weep before the altar. And let, let every mother with a child let every, and then it says this, look what it says, look what it says. It says, dress yourself with burlap, with burlap and ashes and sackcloth. And then it says this, not just the men, but the women and those that are sucklings. It says sucklings, which means children who were still infants that were still being weaned. Uh, through uh, receiving milk from their mom, right? Then it says this right after that. And even the animals. Oh, you don't want, you want to go, you want to go, you want to go a step further? Why would animals need to dress in sackcloth and ashes? For what reason? Tell me, what is it? What, that's like me putting my, I'm on a 21 day fast right now, right? Uh, my churches. That's like me putting my dog, my pit bull, on a 21-day fast. Why would I put my... Let me tell you something. Why would I put my pit bull on a 21-day fast? That makes no sense. Why would God say, dress the animals with sackcloth and ashes too? And then it says this, and then maybe I'll leave a blessing. And then maybe the Lord will leave a blessing. You want to go further? Okay, I'm going to go further. Why would God kill the firstborn of every animal, when his issue was with Pharaoh. See, you're not ready for this, man. Yeah, 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 you know, you're not, you know, um, you know, uh, why would God kill the firstborn of every animal? Or you wanna, you wanna see something that's gonna rock your noodle? Why would God kill the firstborn of every lamb? Because a lamb is an animal, animals are, sheep have lambs. And knock them out when he's already, when the children of Israel are already slaughtering lambs. Do you see how this, you know what I'm saying? Do you see how, you know, you know, why, why would God slaughter the firstborn of every living thing in Egypt? Right? Let me ask you this question. This is going to get you even more mad. You're going to get mad in a good way. Let me ask you, only those behind the doorposts of blood were saved and spared by the angel of death. You mean to tell me that the children of Israel had all the firstborn of all their animals in their house? Or you're not ready for that. Not unless the only way that that would not happen is, this is what I'm saying, that the children of Israel would also splatter the blood on the doorposts of every sheepfold 
every cattle fold, every horse stable as well. Because if not, God was going to body all that was going to body even the animals. See, I'm not ready, man. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. If the doorposts of a house represent our heart so that we won't die for the death angel, then why would there be a need to put a blood on the doorpost of every stable so that the animals, the firstborn of every animal can survive? If a doorpost represents the heart, then why would God or the children of Israel splatter blood upon the stable, which also represents the heart of the animal? See, you're not ready to think outside the box with this. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. Come on. Everything that I'm telling you is all scripture, scripturally based. I'm tossing out biblical scenarios, even though I'm not telling you, go read Exodus chapter this and that. You know that what I'm saying, everything I'm saying is scripture. I'm throwing out scripture, 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 scripture. You want another one? I could I could go there. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go. Let's go there. Jonah. Jonah preaches to Nineveh. And the king of Nineveh repents and puts sackcloth and ashes. And the Bible says even the animals had sackcloth and ashes. Oh, can I go further? Can I go further? Why wouldn't God, why would God tell Moses, I don't want any animal offered as a sacrifice that has a defect mm, come on you know <laughs> so tell me what happened to the fishes of the water during the time of noah hmm? tell me what happened oh we don't know we don't know all right do you see what i'm saying all right and what about the pre-Adamic race that was here before Adam arrived? Was Adam the first man? Or was Adam a special breed created to tend a garden? Watch this. I'm going to go further with this. Who, when... the Look at this. Who... When he got lonely, God did not create him a woman. God brought him the animals to see if he would find companionship. Why would God see a man lonely and bring him animals instead of just bypassing that and creating a wife? Come on. Listen. Listen, like, right? So then Adam sinned. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Let me ask you a question. What if Adam said, you know what? I like this dog and I feel companionship with this dog and just said, okay, God, I don't feel lonely anymore. Would he have created, would he have created Eve? The consequence of his loneliness did, uh, um, did not uh produce eve the first time 
God brought him the animals. I said, looking through that, Adam went through every animal. Said, you know what? Uh, I like this. I like this dog. Dog is fun to be with, but uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I don't think I could. I don't think I could procreate with that. You know, like, uh, you know, was Adam? And the Bible calls Adam a son of God. A son of God. Was Adam the only son of God created at that time? Was he the only, or was he the first? Uh, on this particular area, uh, we don't know. I mean, obviously, proper ex well, orthodox. I'm not gonna say proper exegesis because theologians wrestle with this now. But I would say this: I would say pro uh, uh, I would say orthodox Christianity would say Adam is the first, and that's it. Like, just leave it there. All right. Okay. Watch this. Okay. 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 So Cain messes up, and then he goes grabs a wife. Okay. You know what? I don't have a problem with Cain marrying his sister because they were already living for about 900 years. The distance within the distance within uh, the bloodlines can be so far apart that I have no problem embracing that Adam married his sister. Like that that that, that doesn't bother me. You know say when you're living for 900 years years and you're producing one woman can produce and have like 80 80 children. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about this, but women were also living 900 years at that time, just producing babies after babies. Because the Bible says Adam had, you can read this, you can go read this, it's in the Bible. It says Adam had other sons and daughters. From who? Who did he have them from? From Eve, because he didn't have multiple wives, you know. Eve kept producing babies, bang, bang pushing the babies out, pushing the babies out. Why? Because they were li Eve was living 900 years. She just kept pushing out babies, pushing out babies, pushing out babies. You know, so by the time Cain came around, you know, you know, I don't have a problem with, let's just say Cain married his sister. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, th that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I, I totally see that. And I don't see it as incest. I just, I get it. You know, I, I get it. Or, watch this. What if... There were others, you know, that God created. Now, I'm going to rock your world with this. I'm gonna, let's, let's go further with this. Now, this is, this is speculation. This is not doctrine. What I'm about, the statement I'm about to say right now is just speculation, you know. But there's a, okay, what if, and then I'm out of here, guys. And then I'll take some of your questions and I'll log off. Uh, what if, what if. God created many sons of God along with daughters of God, and they produced children. But with Adam, he made him singular, right? He made him singular. And said, so, you know what? With Adam, I'm just going to create Adam, and then I'm going to be his companion. Because look, listen to this. Listen to this. This is going to rock your noodle. How do you feel alone when you're walking with God himself? That's the question I have. How do you get lonely when you're walking with the God of the universe? How do you get lonely? How do you get lonely when God is right there? You know what I'm saying? Like, like come on, come on. So these sons of God were paired off. They were paired off, right? Let's just say they were paired off, right? Producing whatever they produce. And then, boom, Cain messes up. And then Cain says this. Uh, 
said, please don't send me over there. Because if I go over there, they're going to kill me. Cain is terrified to go to a particular place. Man, I'm getting excited talking about this. You know, Cain is terrified of going to a particular place. He's saying, please don't send me there. The question I have is, who are these? Who are these humanoids? or beings that Cain is terrified and saying, I don't want to go over there. Don't send me over there. And then God, look at this, God has to put a mark on him. Put a mark on him. Watch this. This is going to bless you. God had to put a mark on Cain that whoever these things were, were terrified of that mark. They were, whatever these beings were, were terrified of that mark. And they knew, man, we ain't going to touch that man right there. We can't touch him. Whatever that mark was, put fear in those that Cain feared, that they would not kill him. God, is good stuff. I get excited talking about this. Look at this. Watch this. Watch this. Let me, let me. Let me bless you with some stuff. Let me bless you with some stuff. Like, I'm going down this trail. I'm going down this trail. This is all speculative. This is not absolute. This is all speculation. And some of this stuff is plausible, which means this scriptural premise for this. Let's keep going. Come on. Come on. Like, I'm throwing at. Now, keep in mind, I don't have to give you biblical verses. As I toss out the stories, you know where they're at in the Bible. I'm not giving you stuff that's not biblical. I'm giving you. Biblical stuff. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now watch this. So you got sons of God created by God. So then I said to the Lord one day, I said, Lord, okay, the Bible talks about sons of God. Okay, Lord, if the, this is me just thinking outside the box. I'm saying, what about if, 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 if they're being paired off? You know, I'm just kind of thinking about some stuff. Then I said, then they would that would make them daughters of God. You got sons of God and you got daughters of God. And I and I watch this. I said, nah, that's impossible. There's no Bible verse for that. And then about 18 months later of meditating on that thought, I read something in Second Corinthians. It's only one verse in the Bible. It says, touch not the unclean thing and i will receive no no it says or rather uh touch not the unclean thing and i will receive you says the lord and then it says this come out from among them be ye separate says the lord and i will receive you and you will be you could go read this in your king james and I will receive you, and you will be sons and daughters of God. It's the only verse in the Bible that says daughters of God. <laughs> you yeah, I'm not ready. Listen, man. Listen, this is the stuff that I don't share a lot on Facebook and on social media and at churches. 
because I got a ministry to run and I got to get these invitations. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to take this message of deliverance all over the globe. And if I start talking like this, pastors are not going to invite and God's people are not going to get free. So I just keep quiet on stuff like this. But I'm not even done yet. I haven't even scratched it for you. You know? Daughters of God. See? See? Right? Okay. So let's deal with, let's jump to Nephilim. Let's go back. Let's go back to the Nephilim. Let's go back to the Nephilim. Nephilim. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Notice how there are no female Nephilim. They're all male Nephilim. You can go read this. Fallen ones. The connotation there indicates uh, the giants are uh male male humanoid demigods right the bible actually even calls them these are the basis for the stories of the heroes of old hercules zeus all this foolishness is going back all the way to the nephilim and what happens is throughout uh oral tradition because it, it wasn't until the ancient sumerians that created writing and language writing and uh, recording things. Uh, it was all s- stories and tradition. And then as the story went on, the story became a copy of a copy of a copy. And then it became Zeus and all of this stuff. And by the time it got to us, we're like, this is fairy tale stuff. But it's not fairy tale because the Bible said heroes of old. Heroes of old. Heroes of old means they did great exploits, which means people honored people honor heroes, which means these Nephilim and giants did some great stuff. They did stuff. They did stuff that men considered great, whatever it, whatever it was. Now watch this. Why aren't there, and I'll close with this, why aren't there female Nephilim? They're only male. Okay, watch this. Because, watch this, the sons of God, which were spirit, angels, watch this, angels or whatever they were, uh, watch this, watch this, look at this. Let's say, let's say, now the Bible says in heaven, angels neither marry nor are given in marriage. Okay, watch this. The Bible doesn't say on earth they don't. It just says in heaven they don't. And just because we read a verse like that, that does not mean that angels were created sexless. We assume that. We assume that. That's an assumption. Now, I'm with you, but that's an assumption. You don't, we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. To sit here and say angels neither marry nor are given in marriage, uh, um, listen to me, um, to say that marriage is... Uh, that sexual intimacy is the byproduct of marriage is dead wrong because we're married to Christ and there's no sex involved. Marriage has nothing to do with sex, y'all. So we say things, the angels neither married nor are given in marriage and we readily assume, oh, that means the angels were created sexless sexless because there's no need for sex in marriage. Or then you miss the essence of marriage because when we get to heaven, we're not having sex. You're saying there's no sex in heaven. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Oh, don't play with me. I'm going to go there. Don't play with me. Let me ask you a question. Okay. 
Okay, watch this. In heaven, we neither marry nor given in marriage. Okay, watch this. Let me ask you a question. When you die and God resurrects you, will you have your private anatomy? Let, let me ask you. Be honest. Let me ask you a question. When you resurrect in a new glorious body, are you going to resurrect with no, with no private anatomy down there? I'm just going to be, I'm genuinely asking you. When you resurrect, will you resurrect without, you know, there's nothing down there, if you know what I mean. There's no private anatomy down there. Okay, let's just say, watch this. Let's now if you say uh we're gonna be we're gonna be resurrected without no womb and without a penis. Okay. Um, all right, I give that to you. Uh, only because you're assuming that. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that? Are you sure that when we resurrect, we're not gonna have private anatomies? You don't know. You don't know. Don't sit here and say, you are assuming. You're assuming. Okay. So just leave it as, I don't know, but I'm assuming not. Don't sit here and say, okay, so it's somebody. Okay. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. Let's say, watch this. Let's say God does resurrect you with your private anatomy. Let's say you resurrect and, uh, and you have, you know, your private anatomies, body parts, you know, down there. Watch this. And then you go to heaven. Okay. Watch this. Let me ask you. Why would you go to heaven? Listen to me. Watch this. I'm going to show you something. It's going to rock your noodle. <laughs> and then I'm out of here because <laughs> it's really late. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. In our glorified body, when we go up to heaven, we'll be, will our glorified body have private anatomy? Would there be just nothing down there? When we get to heaven and we look down there, would it just be nothing there? Like a Ken Barbie doll. You don't talk about like a Ken doll. You know, the Ken doll, at least the Barbie doll has breasts. But if you go to the Ken Barbie doll, there's nothing down there. Would, so when we get to heaven in a glorified body, would there be nothing down there? When we look down there, would there be nothing down there? See? Would there be any reproductive organs there? Okay, you say no. I would tell you, how do you know that? You don't know that you know that. Okay, uh, just leave it as, I don't know, maybe. Okay, let's flip it. Let's say God does resurrect you. Let's God does resurrect you with a glorified body and does give you your anatomy. You have a glorified anatomy and reproductive organs. Okay, okay, watch this. Okay, and then we go to heaven. We go to heaven. We go to heaven, right? And then in heaven... We neither marry, so that means there's no liking each other in heaven, you know, because that means there's no dating in heaven because there's no marriage in heaven. So when I get to heaven, I'm not like I'm not gonna look at some glorified girl and be like, man, she's kind of pretty. You know, that doesn't exist in heaven. Okay, watch this. So we get to heaven, and Bible says, watch this, watch this. The Bible says we are like the angels now watch this let's say we do get our reproductive organs and go up there watch this we will have them but there will be no use for them there mm, okay watch this look at this so that means for all eternity i will have a glorified reproductive organ sitting there but no use because in heaven there's neither marriage nor given in marriage in heaven. Watch this. So the Bible says the angels 
left their first estate and lusted after women. Why would I lust after a woman if I have no reproductive organ to be able to lust with? Oh, don't play with me. Don't play. Why lust for women on the earth if it can go? Okay, I'm going to give you an example. Why lust with a woman, leave heaven to come to earth, and all I have is a Ken Barbie doll? You're not playing with me, man. You're not. You're not you're, why would I come down and lust after some woman and leave heaven if I can't do nothing? If I can't do nothing, what are we going to do? We're going to do it up with our clothes on? We're going to do it with the clothes on. That's what we're going to do. We're just going, you know, we're just going to sit there and fake. I'm an angel, so I'm just going to fake like we're doing it. You know, we're just going to fake like we're having sexual intimacy, you know, because really there's nothing down there. It's just Ken Barbie doll. Why would I lust when lust is a byproduct of having an anatomy that can be used to fulfill that lust? Now, I'm going to say something that's not Bible. It's just speculation. What if, like when a glorified man who has his anatomy and goes to heaven, he no longer can use it because there's no need to use it, but he will still have it. So he will still look at his glorified reproductive anatomy, if you know what I mean, because no Ken Barbie doll, it's there, but it's inactive because in heaven there's no marriage or given in marriage. It's inactive. Let's flip this story and then I'm done. What if I was an angel created with a reproductive organ there that I never had to use because in heaven there's no marriage, no given in marriage. So I decide and begin to entertain that here I am in heaven with a male anatomy Nothing. And then God creates a female, but not in heaven. He creates a female on earth. So what am I going to do? I am going to think about all day. Oh, so that's what that's for. When I see Adam and Eve getting busy, and I see humans getting busy, and animals getting busy, the angels say, oh, so this is what this is for, for a female. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to think about, I wonder what it would be like to use this on that person there. And then they kept meditating on that and meditating and meditating, and meditating, and then it became a lust. And then I began to lust and saying, you know what? I got this thing there. No Ken Barbie doll here. I was created with it, and now I'm seeing that I can use this with that and produce this? Oh, 
then maybe I don't need to stay here. So the sons of God came down and left the watchers. The Bible calls them watchers. Oh, it's very easy to lust after a woman. And women, if I've been watching them, don't play with Pagani. I ghost there. If I'm a watcher, all I'm doing is watching a female take a bath. I'm just looking and I notice that, okay, so when a woman and a man feel that desire to have sexual intimacy, that's what they do. Also, he, you, oh, so Adam has what I have. He has a body part. Adam has what I have. Also, if you use that in that, you could produce that. Well, guess what? I have what Adam has. So, hey, other angels, uh, you know what? Why don't we just, let's just leave. Let's just leave. I'm falling in love with that lady down there. Ah, I come down. And then I use all of my angelic powers to win her over. And the Bible says that these women married. Married. They married. The King James Version say they married the daughters of men. And started using that thing that was, while in heaven was inactive but on earth was active and it produced a race of giants called the nephilim which were half spirit half human slash demigods sons of gods sons of gods or demi sons of gods or the sons of the the sons of of the sons of God, right? Watch this. God wipes out. Oh, no, no. Right, before we get to that. And then the angels go, well, what else could we manipulate? Oh, let's manipulate. Let's manipulate. We could produce Nephilim. Well, what about if we manipulate animals? Oh, and produce centaurs and minotaurs and Oh, so then it makes sense why the Egyptians would put the body of a man and the head of a dog, the body of a man and the face of a, a bird. They're not playing. They're not playing with me. Don't play 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 with me. Yeah. It's all over, it's all over the Egyptian glyphs, the hieroglyphs, right? So then God looks down and says, my God, all flesh on the earth has corrupted themselves, and I'm angry with all of them. So I'm going to destroy every living thing that walks on the earth. Walks on the earth. Walks on the earth. Walks on the earth. And God destroys everybody. But, 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 he's going to, but... Now here's now what I'm about to say next is is just nothing biblical says this, but it's plausible. It says God destroyed that which was on the earth, but God did not destroy that which was under the water. Or and if I want to get literal to the text, well, what if some of the Nephilim went underground? What if some of the Nephilim went deep, deep, deep subterranean? went deep underground, very deep, 
very deep and survive the flood. Ah, I could go there because the Bible says there were giants in those days. And then the text says, and afterwards, which means after the floods, the giants reappeared. And I'm going to leave it there with this last statement. As in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, who was alive in the days of Noah? There were giants on the earth in those days. I'm here to tell you the Nephilim are coming. The Nephilim are coming. Or they're already here waiting to be revealed when the earth is ready. I'm done. I'm gone. I got to get out of here. Everything that I said today is purely speculative, but very plausible, with the exception of my second to last certain statements that I made that I just kind of, maybe I might be reaching to the text. Uh, but um, everything else earlier in our conversation was all biblical references. All right. And let me just be the first to tell you, nothing that I said tonight is absolute and neither is it deniable. Um, we're not being unexegetical to the scriptures. And I would tell you this, if this is too much for you, then stay within Orthodox Christian scripture because the Bible is the sole authority for all faith and conduct. Sola Scriptura. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.